In the midst of the controversy surrounding the death of George Floyd, we see a lot of stories developing. Leftist calls to defund police around the nation, the job numbers growing way past what anybody expected to in the month of May with 2.5 jobs added to the economy. And here in Chicago, a local deli causes controversy for their anti-Black Lives Matter movement and anti-LGBTQ community rhetoric. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is RX Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Going over to Twitter, follow us at Hanging with Apes. Going over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. Sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip hop music, go to any major music streaming platform and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Crazy week. Yes. Crazy, crazy week. A lot of traction uh, we got after last week's episode. Uh, the whole protest, riots, looting episode. Uh, now, more controversy, a little bit different type of controversy, but more controversy. So there's a handful of things that we're going to cover cover in the, ep- in the episode. It's going to be more of like a rapid fire episode because there is so much to cover. Uh, what's, what would you like to delve into first? Start from the major and then get to the local. How about that? Sounds good. Yeah, um, a yeah, lot of calls around the nation to defund the police. We're seeing already in L.A., Eric Garcetti agreed to defund the L.A. Police Department by $150 million and give it to black communities. Um, Minneapolis City Council is actually considering... Uh, self community, uh, a, a community self policing initiative. Bill de Blasio of New York, he's agreed to defund the police. Um, and Tim Pool put out a video saying how he is tracking that it is scaring the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on it? I think. The route that they want to take with the funding police, first of all, the numbers. And actually, I actually was just looking at that, and I want to go over the numbers because I think all is lost when it comes to facts in this situation. And I think we have to go, go towards the numbers and the rhetoric to then be able to talk logically. So in 2019, there were 10 million arrests in the U.S., 1,004 police-involved fatal shootings, 41 of those were unarmed, 9 of those were black, and 89 officers were killed. So that's what, 99.99999 something that you're likely to be killed if you're a black man. So the rhetoric that's being sold doesn't necessarily, or doesn't at all make any sense. Black men are being hunted. Uh, the, the, the police is targeting them. 
there's so many deaths uh, uh, and then and then now the rhetoric I'm hearing from protesters oh these men are armed and coming into our neighborhoods and, and killing us and that's very dangerous because you don't want to fall into the whole he said she said of the whole situation and the emotional yeah situation so on your basis is you want to defund the police because you're in danger that is not the case so so now what happens when you go off of that rhetoric is you're actually deterring your whole community because once the police leaves and there is a crime situation going on there's violence and and, and violent crimes that's not going to get fixed that, that doesn't get fixed so i think that that's very dangerous the 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 game that you're playing whereas if you actually come from a logical standpoint and attack funding the police on a bureaucratic level like okay well Obviously, something's not working because if you look at, at least from our perspective, living in Chicago, the police has become very hands off. Yeah. Nothing's changed, though. Crime is relatively the same. Well, uh, a more hands off approach is definitely going to uh, cause an increase in crime or at very least keep it the same. Yeah. Crime is not going to decrease with a hands off approach. Yeah. So, so that has done nothing but then at the same time the the same rhetoric that that we heard in what since the Trayvon situation till now is still happening so so you successfully basically made police departments hands off yet this has become an issue so i think a lot of self reflection would be yeah obviously I would prescribe that. I think, though, by and large, by many of the organizers and leaders of a lot of these movements, I don't really think they seek for for what they claim they seek because, as you put it earlier, the numbers suggest that their cause is, I wouldn't say irrelevant because, you know, life is life preserve life it's important but not to the magnitude that they're making it out to be because last year in 2009 nine unarmed black men were killed by police and the numbers are out there this is not like stuff that we're making up like the numbers are out there you could look at fbi statistics you could look at the doj statistics you could look at it's fbi doj uh uh there's um uh, the the Washington Post did a survey. There's a lot of stuff out there that shows that a police officer is actually more likely to be killed by a black suspect than they are to kill a black suspect. Yeah. Uh, Prager, you did a video. Uh, it was actually it's actually a three year old video. Larry Elder has a lot of stuff out there. Uh, he's talking about this. He in his videos he's dismantling the the notion of systemic racism but along with that he get, delves into the numbers and the stats of of police and everything like that and then also you see that a lot of these municipalities have city councils that are largely black or in in some cases have black mayors or have black district attorneys yeah and, and everything like that. I think, though, where we start to delve into the realm of 
uh, setting yourself up for failure is with the charges a lot of times because I actually last night was given a good hard look at the Minnesota, Minnesota statute when it comes to first degree murder, second degree murder, third degree murder, and something that they have called felony murder. And if you look at what Chauvin was charged with, with second degree murder, I feel like the district attorney pressed those charges forward a little bit too quickly, a little bit too hastily, maybe a little bit emotionally charged to to appease or pander to the the public and you may have put yourself in a position where you can't convict this guy. Yeah. Now is third degree murder off the table? in this situation because it was upgraded to second degree murder. Well, many many states have what they call the lesser included. Yeah. But a lot of times that doesn't really pan out because if you spend all of your time and resources oh, arguing yes. I know. second degree murder, missed. then you miss the you miss the whole train with that because yeah. in in some cases if if you are attempting to prove second degree murder, then you're what you're already doing is dismantling the argument of third degree murder because third degree murder in essence is like an accident or or you weren't you you weren't operating in a manner that was to preserve human life. So it wasn't like you were really intentionally out there trying to kill anybody, but you were operating in a in a reckless manner. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they have way more of an argument with that than with second degree murder because with second degree murder, the number one thing that you'll have to prove, and remember, in this country, you are innocent until proven guilty. So the burden of proof is on the prosecution to yeah. prove that Chauvin intended to kill this man. Now, something that you might find very interesting, the listeners might find very interesting. I was watching a Washington Post video yesterday, and in this Washington Post video, they pretty much timeline everything that took place from the time that George Floyd, the police were called on George Floyd, to him going to his vehicle, to the police arriving to the store, to them going to his vehicle to question and to question him, to them affecting the arrest. And in that video, they do show, and it details, that George Floyd did resist arrest. So I, up until that point, I was very unclear whether he had yes. resisted arrest. Which is why you wait. This is why you wait. Yes. So he did resist arrest. And the reason that he was down on the ground to begin with was because they couldn't get him in the in the car, in the police car, to, to take him away or whatever. And so... You even now it makes sense in the video, the original video that was taken by the pedestrian, where the you hear a guy in the background saying, "Oh, we'll just lift him up and put him in the car," and then you you hear the Asian officer, Officer Tao, I believe is his name, yeah. say, "Well, we tried to do that already. We tried to do that." So now that that now you see like why he said what he said because they indeed did try. But when it comes to the realm of intent, this is where it will get very sticky for the prosecution because 
before George Floyd passed out in that situation, they had already called an ambulance to render aid. Who calls an ambulance if 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 they if they're if these four officers intended to kill this man, why would they call an ambulance? So they called what is called a code two. A code two is for the ambulance to arrive, but they don't have to use their lights and sirens. Mm-hmm. A few, I think within the minute after they upgraded it to a code three, where now use the lights and sirens. But this was all before he passed out and obviously before he was dead. That's sort of hard to prove you intended to kill somebody that you're calling an ambulance for. Another thing, this is very important, and I, w- and I really wanted to get the legal scope of what entails like intent because obviously if, if you go on the dictionary intent is intent legally there's actually like clauses that kind of give you an idea of what you should be looking for and this is kind of overall the broad scope on a legal level what intent is a, a, a determination to perform a particular act or to act in a particular manner for a specific reason an aim or design a resolution to use a certain means to reach an end so intent is a mental attitude with which an individual acts and therefore it cannot ordinarily be directly proved but must be inferred from surrounding facts and circumstances now you have to think this isn't just a situation in which you're arresting somebody now there's people surrounding you now there's people yelling at you now there's people no but that yeah like that you're you're like that the the totality does not have anything to do with the intent like the intent comes from the latin term mens rea whereas it's like what the state of mind was yeah in terms of killing the like the malice that you're trying to do yeah the totality of the circumstance is like it, it is more so like in terms of of like why they operated the way they operated or or the, why they didn't render aid if they had not render aid mm-hmm. but but what we what we would need to know in terms of intent was was the intent there to kill this man, Ir- yeah. irrespective of what was going on around, yeah, because but, because yeah. for second degree murder, because first degree murder is premeditated. They don't have anything for that because it wasn't like for Chauvin, first for first degree. Oh yeah, because yeah. Because Chauvin didn't wake up in the morning or while patrolling be like, oh, I'm gonna find this motherfucker George Floyd and I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, we don't have that. So second degree, you have to prove without a reasonable doubt that he in his mind intended to kill this guy there's how do you prove that but that's what i'm saying so people are looking at it from the scope that i just talked about you see what i'm saying so i'm basically agreeing with you basically saying that you're you're proving you're looking at him and you're saying that this is what he's thinking i'm going to kill this man you can't prove that right like that that's or, what the process, least, that's what the prosecution and with second degree murder would have to prove exactly now you could paint a picture but would you really be proving it without a reasonable doubt is what i'm saying exactly so and that's where and that's, a lot of people and, and are looking at it from because the perspective. because see sometimes yeah. what happens with these these prosecutors and i think keith ellison made made that mistake because from what i understand they did not trust the 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 local district attorney to handle it so keith ellison is the i believe the the state's district attorney he's the attorney general of minnesota yeah so 
they didn't prove they didn't trust Minneapolis district attorney to handle it. It got bumped up to Keith Ellison. Yeah. Keith Ellison went with second degree murder. Um, now, th- th- the issue there is is that if you go off of the public perspective, this man is already guilty. So he is guilty in the court of public opinion. But that is not the legal court. And there's no motion. So now what happens mm-hmm. now is if you're going off of the fact that he is guilty already, you are forgetting that in the court system, he will be looked at as innocent until you can prove him guilty. Right now, your perspective is that he's guilty and that the defense needs to prove him innocent. Yeah. Those are very two different Arguments, very yeah. two different perspectives. So yes, from the court of public opinion, that is a guilty man. Yeah. The minute that he steps foot in the courtroom during trial, the table would have shifted, and now Keith Ellison and and or whoever it, whoever it will be the the prosecuting attorney in uh, on the on the courtroom floor is going to have to prove without a reasonable doubt whether it's to the judge if it's a bench trial or whether it's to a jury, if it's a jury trial, that this man intended to kill George Floyd. Now, would the time frame sway, like, the way they look at intent, like the fact that he had his knee on on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes? Or would that be more so, well, they're waiting on the ambulance or... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it could. I Like, we don't know how... We don't know how the what what route the yeah. the 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 defense the or trial the, will go yeah what i what i can see happening though is at first i would imagine the defense trying to as much as possible diminish the legitimacy of the private autopsy that the family had conducted yeah. That would like if I was a defense attorney, that would be the first thing that I try to do. I want to dim- diminish the legitimacy of that. So yeah. I would bring up the time frame. Well, they, it was way after. It yeah. was private, so who knows if 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 the if the if the medical examiner that did it could be biased. Whatever yeah. the case, I, that's what I would seek to do. If you can, if you are granted that opportunity, and you are able to diminish the legitimacy of that now you pretty much will win the case because all you got to do now is now that if you go off the first medical examiner report that deemed that he did not die from asphyxia and strangulation now all you got to do is show that the officers had probable cause to arrest this man and the case is dismissed because he died in the while they were in the commission of an arrest if it goes the other route it's still not that easy for the prosecution because, okay, yes, let's deem that like the actions of Chauvin were what killed him. Fine. But did he, did he intend to kill him? See, so both, both ways, it really, for me, objectively speaking, seems like the prosecution has an uphill battle. Not only that, but if they lean too much on the emotional yeah, aspect, and then exactly it's a botched. I think, and 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 it's interesting that you say that because I think even the second degree murder charge is based off of the emotion of the situation versus like what we really have evidence of. Now, granted, we're not lawyers, you know what I'm saying, but we've predicted this shit before like like we were spot on with the Alton Sterling thing yeah you know what I'm saying and 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 in other cases that we've talked about off record with people yeah. so you have to look at it from a logical pragmatic standpoint to then because even if if you want Chauvin 
like like if if you have a bias, oh Chauvin needs to be guilty. You still have to look at it from a pragmatic and logical standpoint to get the W. In, in, in yeah, essence, and, and, and you have to remember that in this country, no matter how much you hate the person, yeah. you are innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, yeah, but I feel that this situation does have, and in this, and by the way, this will never happen. <laughs> but there is bipartisanship that could be reached with again the defunding the police thing. I I think because. I, I feel a lot of fat could be cut on useless shit, but because the argument is not coming from a pragmatic, yeah, you know, I guess standpoint on both on both. Well, on one end I would say yes, and on the other end, oh yeah, because they got guns and like they're they're fucking it all up. Uh, okay, they're fuck they're fucking your community up, and they have guns and and motherfuckers are being hunted again. All emotion, no logic. Right. Whereas if you come from the fact that like, okay, listen, we got fucking potholes. The crime rate is still fucking high. Um, where is this money going? So nah, we don't want to pay taxes for this shit. So you either so 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 you're gonna have to slash the budget because we're not seeing any difference. Whereas from from the right, it would be like, well, well, that's good. We save the citizen taxes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel I feel like. There is room for agreement, but I just don't feel because emotion, emotions are basically what's carrying this whole situation. That's not even a conversation that will be had. And to even further that, I, I would like to see what Eric Garcetti is going to do with LA. Supposedly, you're going to defund the police and then give the money. And in which way are you going to give the money? Because then again, people lose themselves in the, oh, he's going to give money. Well, what what are you going to do? What is the plan, right? Because like, let me let me give an example. They he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start funding projects for the community and all this and that. What does it matter if if people aren't investing in their own community or if they're if they're making moves to actually be able to, you know, be better off for that? You see what I'm saying? Like like, okay. You, you're looking at it. You're looking at it like you you can rock with the the notion of defunding the police if it's not like if if the same bureaucratic nonsense doesn't continue. Exactly. Exactly. Which I was asked on social media recently about it. I was tagged in a post and it said, well, actually we were tagged in the post, but I I don't think you responded to this thread. It said. Can any of you guys explain how defunding the police departments will help things? I've only done a little preliminary research on it. So it took a while, but I responded. I was like, I'm for defunding police because overall I'm for smaller government and less taxes. But see, that's already like a very libertarian, non-bureaucratic way of looking at things. I said, along with this, I'm also for defunding public schools food stamp programs, and other such burdens on taxpayers. With that being said, the argument that people are making is not my argument. They want police defunded to move them out of areas where actually more police are needed. See, yeah. See, if we were going to defund the police, my thing is like, yeah, but like defund them all the bureaucratic nonsense like you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. But I would actually say... 
like cut the fat and enhance in the bad areas. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like enhance in the bad areas. So there are, my argument is not their argument whatsoever. I say they want the police defunded to move them out of areas where actually more police are needed. They don't realize that this shit would pop off. Uh, it would be some wild west type of shit. With the police defunded, uh, with the police defunded, their argument is not less tax burden on people that keep the economy afloat. It's government programs and other such nonsense that never work and yield no results, which is the case. Like this, like what you were saying with Eric Garcetti pulling the 150 million from the police budget. I'm pretty sure just knowing Eric Garcetti and how he gets down, <laughs> yeah. like I am pretty sure it's going to go to some straight bullshit that's going to yield no results. Yeah. No, I'm not for that either. If that was the case, let the police keep the money. Like yeah. if you're going to do that with it. Yeah. But I'm now, but if we are going to take a good hard look at really overall lightening the load for taxpayers, I'm all for that. Yeah. But not for the shit that they're on because Eric Garcetti is not saying, "Oh, I'm taking 150 million away from the police." And I'm going to use that money to that money will no longer be allocated to the department. And instead, we're going to that's going to be less of a tax burden on the the taxpayers of L.A. Yeah, I would be like, okay, I could rock with that because either it should be to help the people or to do to do something at least somewhat in the realm of productive. But just be like, oh, here, I'm going to I'm going to build a youth center in yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Okay, what what exactly is after school program? Like more 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 free lunch like in like what? Like Now, if you said I'm going to fucking create grants for for uh black for 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 uh for black and brown people that 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 want to start business, incentivize this, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, you'll never see it. <laughs> like, you'll yeah, say, you'll never see it. Exactly. Like yeah. if you actually look at, at at half the shit that's happening in LA, I mean, you, well, you saw, you saw the 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 Democratic primary. Who's in favor of ga- giving illegal immigrants uh, free health care? And literally everyone, yeah, was ra- raising their hand. Like, do you realize you motherfuckers are broke? You can't even afford to fucking pay for the health care of your own citizens, and yet you want to help the world? Yeah, get the fuck. What's wrong with you? Like, right there is like shit that that you look at, and is you, you can't even rationalize. Where they're coming from. Where is this coming from? Oh, yeah. From the backs of the people who pay the fucking high-ass taxes for the little tiny-ass house that they live in. Because, yeah. like, even compared, if, if you go to California, compare, like, your house to over there, you'd be paying a million. Yeah. Like, it's like, how could you even live there? So, you can't rationalize. So, you're, you're very right. Like, as soon as I said, well, you know, incentivize business, you're like, you'll never see it. That's because... You'll never see it. Yeah, because, like, I mean, like, by and large, we're talking about where, where this is even, like, happening and really, really hitting to the core. It's happening in states or cities, rather, that don't even really, like, rock with entrepreneurship. They don't incentivize, incentivize business at all. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not seeing this happening in states that incentivize business at large. Now, interesting, you saw a post that I saw a post that falls into the realm of live by the woke, die by the woke. And yes. Mayor Jacob Fry of Minneapolis joined the Black Lives Matter protest in Minneapolis. He was there. And there was a lady on her soapbox. It looked like something out of Game of Thrones. Him facing his his tr- his, his trial in the middle of everybody. And 
And she said, Jacob Fry, do you here commit to defunding the police? And he said no. And they said, get the fuck out of there. And she, um, before that, she threatened him by saying, we need to listen to this because he's up for re-election next year. So well, if he don't, if he don't defund the police, guess what the fuck we're going to do? And he's like, no, I am not for the abolition of the police department. They're like, get the fuck out of here. Because over there, what they're talking about ain't like, it seems like in Minneapolis, it don't seem like what they're talking about right now is just less funds for the police. Yeah. It seems like they're talking about, well, this, even the city council is on board with it, an initiative where the community will police itself. Some like Wild West type shit. Yeah, yeah, and and it's and it's wild. And then I we saw the video of him at uh, George Floyd's funeral, bawling like pandering. crying. I I saw yeah. somebody pandering. Yeah, right? like that's exactly. What I saw. He was bawling, and and it was crocodile tears is what really what it was because like, motherfucker, you didn't know this guy. Shut the fuck up. Like, it's like it's, it's like, like if, touching like, the cat. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Like. It's like what? like I live in an everyone lives. Like, I'm not trying in, yeah. to make light of the situation, but like, come yeah. on, stop. Like not even like not even like his people were there doing that shit. Yeah, yeah. So so, it just it's not believable. Stop it, and and then you go from that to fucking being eaten alive by them because you said you're not gonna you're not gonna defund the police. And it was funny because as he was walking out they're like, shame, shame, <laughs> shame. <laughs> so it was really some Game of Thrones shit. But I saw a video. Oh no, it wasn't a video. It was a tweet <laughs> of that of that video um retweeted and commented on by Tim Pool. And I would just like your assessment of what he says on this. He said Look at this. Trump will win re-election by a landslide. Do you? What do you get from his comment? Do you correlate the video to that? Like, what? What's your take on that whole thing? Looking at the funeral video, or looking at the no, fact the, that, the 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 Jacob Fry uh, video. The oh, where he walked with yeah. shame. Yes, that and actually that's quite easy because I can already think of an ad, and if I was the Trump. Like the 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 one of his computer warriors, I'd be coming up with a with a video, with epic music, showing looters destroying Minnesota, the aftermath of it all, and then and then putting dudes' faces that this is what what awaits for you if you vote for Biden. This that's exactly what I would do. Interesting. And then I would put like boom 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 Chicago boom L.A. boom like all the all, all the areas that are. Hey, why is this happening all in democratic states where all this looting shit is happening? So I would fucking sass it up, epic shit. Uh, just you know, make a good ad where it's like this is what awaits if you don't vote for Trump. That that to me, that video was such a prime example of what we've talked about so many times before on this show of the left eating itself. This guy was like their ally. He even spoke out against the president. And would not speak out against the looting and rioting that was taking place in the name of Black Lives Matter in that city. And that's and that's the response that he got. That was so wild. Yeah, and, and what makes it wild is the fact that you're not even open to dialogue. Because he was trying to talk. Like, no, 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 no. Yes or no. 
Yeah, yes or no? Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, because she said, "I got a yes or no question for you." One hundred percent. Yeah. Now I I had sent you this, but we didn't get to talk because we've been super busy, and like you fucking did some Kobe Bryant eighty point shit with with like the interviews, which everyone's gonna be watching on on Facebook because I wasn't able yeah, to go. They're, they're on YouTube now also, and then yeah. we're actually gonna put a clip of one of the interviews that I took only audio of yeah in the episode a uh, little bit later on when we get into the actual segment yeah so but when you go to the black lives matter page it has basically their mission statement and and actually we, we can even delve into it once we get hit the nini's thing but this is why i think that black the whole black lives matter situation is going to fail and this is the, what the, the paragraph in which I'm regarding. Um, we are self-reflexive and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege and uplift black trans folk, especially black trans women who continue to be disproportionately impacted by trans antagonistic violence. We build a space that affirms black women and is free from sexism, misogyny, and environments in which men are centered. We practice empathy. We engage comrades with the intent to learn about and connect with their context. We make our spaces family-friendly, enable parents to fully participate with their children. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts so that they can mother in private even as they participate in public justice work. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. We foster a queer affirming network when we gather. We do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather the belief that all in the world are heterosexual, unless he or she or they disclose otherwise. What the fuck does that have to do with George Floyd? So now you see a movement and 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 all you see is black lives matter and this is all the stuff that they're pushing yeah and like literally what that is yeah. is like a doorway and a hundred people trying to walk through the doorway at once <laughs> yeah. like the trans people the the non the the non cisgender nuclear family people like like all the 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 feminists like and in the footage that i captured today outside of nini's deli which is basked in controversy right now that is what i got from the crowd and if you go to youtube right now and go to the hanging with apes youtube page you'll see the videos on there that i took of the crowd i i actually even was able to host a mini debate a really quick debate i was only able to ask each side two questions but i try to get into like the the most meaty two questions that I could get in the short time that I have. Yeah. And you really do see from the crowd, it is like everybody. It's like no cohesive ideology whatsoever. No. And it's almost, it's kind of greedy in, in the sense that like, if you're really about Black Lives Matter, quotations, um, why are we talking about LGBTQ? Why? Yeah. Like, I thought this was about this. Okay, why are we talking about feminist talking points and the patriarchy? Please explain to me what this has to do with George Floyd. Did the patriarchy kill George Floyd? Right. Really? Like, did the patriarchy do this? So, 
then you start seeing everyone is kind of incepting their own little agenda. And it's like, man, it hasn't even been two weeks and you guys are already opportunistic no, but, about your shit. No, but I think, I think, uh, I don't know if you heard one of the latest stories is, is, uh, Officer Chauvin was a member of the patriarchy. I wouldn't even like they could probably reach that far <laughs> yeah. and literally create this whole scenario and, and really try and find out some shit. And then like I, I ah, it's sad, but this, that could be a headline, just a reach of the century, but a headline. And that's what's so sad it now, turns out chauvin member of patriarchy like <laughs> yeah. what? like what the fuck? then another thing too is like man oh what? and he me too some chick oh yeah oh <laughs> god yeah <laughs> and then it becomes a me too you see what i'm saying or so some chick is me tooing him right yeah now. yeah so 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 you start looking at like okay this is about my movement and i want to attach myself to this situation and furthermore, the hypocrisy of like where most of the damage was done in the looting, at least here in Chicago, what we saw with our own very, with our, our very, own, very eyes. own eyes. Yeah, there's videos out there. Englewood, I feel bad. Shit, I feel bad for us because we actually go to the Chatham Home Depot, but like, it's in shambles. Like, okay, I need my insulin. I can't go to Walgreens or CVS or Walmart or Jewel. I oh I gotta you know they're you know it's flourishing. I gotta go way the fuck out in yeah. Bufu. Oh I don't have a car though, so it's like this is so fucked up. If even that alone, right, the whole Black Lives thing, if there was some rhyme or reason, you would have just destroyed shit downtown, and then like at least I can understand because it would be like it wouldn't have been right, but you could see the logic. Exactly, like I could see the lot. There's. There's logic. Oh, well, look, all the money's here. We're going to rip everything to shreds. This is our common enemy. But you didn't do that, did you? Yeah. And, and, and that's where, to me, it's like, now this this whole thing is self-destructing and, and, from and the get-go. And what's so crazy about this situation to me is that, obviously, you know, Chauvin, like, he, he that was police misconduct, at very least. Like, whether it was murder or whatever, the courts would decide that. But at very least, what he did is a fireable offense but like these whole calls for racism i was wondering i was like well how could like that be cleared up and i was like well how do we know it's racist because one like we don't know like what dude believes or what he doesn't believe but two how do we know that he doesn't identify as black <laughs> right oh like, god because yeah, that's is, what i'm saying yeah, like oh. like people that are all about that shit like like oh, cause e even even the from the Black Lives Matter mission statement that you previously read, they said she, he, or they. So that means that they are about gender fluidity, yeah. and 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 one could pick the gender pronoun, and then also like whatever it is that they identify with. So, what if he identifies as? A black man, like yeah. honestly, if that we're going off the logic that they're on. Well, I, I'm, in this case, it would probably help him if he was a black handicapped woman. So right, then so that's I, probably what he uh, would he, go he, with you know in saying? their worldview. So it's just it's just like like just crazy. And I do agree with your assessment and Tim Pool's assessment that 
I don't see this boding well for the left. Yeah. And then now on top of the whole defunding the police thing and like there are a lot of people that are scared of that shit. Like there are a lot of people that feel like if the police ain't out there, yeah. motherfuckers going to come for their house. Motherfuckers going to come for their cars, yeah. come for their family. Do you think gun sales are going to go up because of this shit? Oh, 100%. And, and well, gun sales went up after the looting. Oh, wow. They went up. So now if you're if we're having calls to defund the police, big time. Now, do you think that like cities will actually cuz like, you know, Garcetti's saying that shit now because it's the cool thing to say, but do you think that there's going to be major US cities that are going to actually defund the police? Like cuz that's yeah, yeah, I believe Garcetti's going to do that. Yeah. Like, I, I 100% believe it. Because, I mean, you and I have spent some time in L.A. We spent some time in Hollywood. Like, we haven't, like, lived there, but we are familiar with it. And we, we spent we, we spent enough time there to get a grasp of what the situation is. It's it's otherworldly. So, I could see... <laughs> Yeah, I could see people people out there like even at face value rocking with it, especially if right now the police have so much hatred like towards them. Um what what will happen, I don't know, because like right now with all of this stuff, like we, we're talking about the looting, defunding police, we have an election coming up. Like, man, right now, I feel like this is the tilting point of a culture war and it seems like the left is in the 12th round. They know that they've technically lost the fight and now they're just like throwing punches. If we can knock him out in this round, we could get back to like the shit that we were on. If we can't, we're all we're all fucked up and i feel like everything that we're seeing in minneapolis in new york la these these leftist cities with the looting and the rioting and everything like that it really does seem like something out of desperation and we're living through the dark night rises like like the 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 end like like they may know that the end could come because what will happen is this if trump wins the left is going to have to shift the spectrum a little bit Uh, right off the bat they're going to have to shift it maybe not so much but they know because it's going to get it's going to get ugly for them because he they already know that he's coming for their throat so Mm -hmm. now it's like all right well we let's see maybe we could get the people on our side but like by like leaning more to the right a little bit if two years from then how Trump gets the House and the Senate, they're going to really shift. They're going to really shift. And if Trump is able to pick a third Supreme Court justice, yeah. all bad for the left. Now, all bad for the left. So now seeing everything right now, though, like what you just said, they're pulling out all the stops. You know, and 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 it's like it's basically the cool thing for people in this in the limelight. So like all the famous people, all the, you know, you got Ice Cube, you got Anthony Joshua the boxer from England, you got uh, all types of actors in Hollywood. Walt, Mark Wahlberg, you have uh, Stone Cold Steve. All like you have literally The Rock. Do you think 
with all that and with what's going on and with basically like it being kind of a multi-country push like you're seeing protests all over in, in in different countries and everything along with the fact that the media obviously has a bias against Trump do you feel that they have any chance with that with all basically all those ingredients brewing mm, i mean i i there it definitely gives them a chance but let's let's look at let's look at some some interesting stuff here the other day I saw an overhead shot of of I think it was Union Park in Chicago and look like a whole bunch of people protesting. Damn, that's a lot of people. The media put out the number, it was twenty thousand. Twenty thousand in a city of well, in the city limits, I think it's three million, but like in the greater Chicago area, I think it's actually like six million. Like twenty thousand is really like not that much. Like when you compare it to like everybody, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's still Chicago, like a very a very left city. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two, it's not a popularity contest. It's it's through the electoral college. So mm-hmm. that's number two. Number three, I just looked at a Gallup poll today. Trump's approval rating in May was 49%. 49% that's the Gallup poll. But then there was an NBC poll and a, and a and a Wall Street Journal poll that has Biden at 49 likelihood to win and Trump at 43. Right now Biden is ahead in all the polls. But all of these polls were taken before the job numbers in May. Because remember at the end of the day the people vote for what what's going to happen to their pocketbook. Number two, we haven't seen Trump side by side with Biden. That in and of itself is going to sway things a lot. And to conclude everything that I'm saying, at this point, during Trump-Hillary, it was the same thing. And actually, Hillary was way more ahead than Trump. Correct. So, like, I mean... I would not these are not numbers that I would I would bet the house on yeah. at, at, at this point in time. They they really aren't um and as far as like the celebrity the the celebrity stuff Hillary had that like you yeah. know what I'm saying? And the the left kind of always ha- always has that so like I don't, you know, and in fact I think that there's a lot of disdain. People have a lot of disdain for Hollywood anyway, like just like regular everyday people. Yeah. Furthermore, ask yourself this. I was telling my dad this the other day and and I thought he he found it interesting. In our life, you and I have always been somewhat politically savvy. And I have my whole life leaned more to the right side of the spectrum. I'm not like a super super duper conservative guy but i lean more to the right and i have always always been like one two three people that i know like with the mindset that they have i have never in my life in the city in this city that we live in that i grew up in that i was raised in seen or heard so many people that rock with trump never 
like Latinos and blacks, I've never yeah. seen I've never seen this many people rock with a Republican. That's so true. if that shit is like going out now, granted, is it is it still overly outnumbered? Yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah. but like I still like so if this is going on here, what is going on in like the 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 conservative municipalities, the conservative states? It's interesting to me. Like I I, I find that interesting. So. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, uh, it's going to be interesting, though. It's only June. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only June, but it's just a lot of shit and uh, more to come. But I guess we'll see what, what happens. We will. We will. Um, I definitely don't think, since we're kind of segueing right now, I definitely don't think that the, that the 2.5 million jobs added in May helps the left considering the fact that every economist and the media was saying that at that point we would be looking at 20 percent unemployment rate which is great depression levels i think that's beyond great depression levels yeah and no i think i think great depression was 20 was it um, so you would have been like in the in that realm and and it, it actually went up from 4.7 to 14.7 to 13.3 that was the the 2.5 million jobs if that continues to go up after the covid-19 like after everything pfft, yeah yeah like what what platform the uh, you know and and like you said it's only june so like what platform would would will biden really have on top of the fact that he stumbles a lot, like you know, like sometimes he don't even think we. It don't even look like he knows where he is. Like it's yeah. it's it can get ugly. It can get real, real ugly. And I don't know if you saw the the rally in Maine where where Trump went. You could see that he's starting to look energized again. Remember how we were talking a few weeks back? Like yeah. he looked like like tired and dragged down. That jobs report. Bit, did, like, yeah, you could tell that. Like he's like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like okay, okay, and then and then also now the fact that this COVID shit is clearing up, he could get into the room with crowds, and like because you know he he gets fired up off the crowd, he feeds off that energy. Yeah. So now we're probably gonna see like the version of Trump that people like, that entertainer, yeah. like all that shit. So it's gonna get it's gonna get interesting. Um. Segwaying into the final topic, uh, crazy, crazy story. So here in Chicago, there's this restaurant. I've never been there. You said you've never been there, right? No. But we've heard about it before. And recently, uh, I guess it was the end of days for that restaurant because the owner of Nini's Deli on Chicago's north side went on an evangelical rant outside of his restaurant on Facebook Live and pretty much talked very bad about Black Lives Matter, called them a bunch of hypocrites, saying that they don't really care about black lives because how come by the church, by his church, he always sees black people selling drugs to other black people and all the killing that goes on. And he uh, spoke out against the LGBTQ community based off of his religious beliefs. See, sometimes I think we have to look at why somebody speaks out against the lgbtq community because sometimes yes it is people that just hate gay people but then there's sometimes that it's people that are speaking out against it because they inherently believe it's wrong based off of their core set of beliefs yeah 
while I was there today in the midst of all the chaos trying to get interviews and this, there's some footage out on YouTube at, at the Hanging With Apes YouTube channel. Um, it's on Facebook. Uh, and then we're actually going to play an interview in the episode. What I saw today was a lot of of people that were either gay or, or rocked with the gay community that felt so upset and hurt at the fact that one of the owners of that restaurant used to be gay and now claims that he is no longer gay. To them, it was a baffling idea that somebody could believe that they were once were gay but are no longer gay. Yeah, yeah. And it reminded me very much of the Chappelle stand-up special where he talks about all the gay, the LGBTQ community, the letter people, as he calls them, in a car and how, like, the bisexual ones are kind of, it's like they're all, like, they're all together, but they're not, they're not together. They're all driving somewhere, but they're really not together because that's what you saw. Because essentially what this dude is, is like... If you want to, you know, put a title on them, is was I don't know bisexual, and they don't can't rock with the notion that he is no longer gay. That was a lot of people. Yeah. Then a lot of people were out there that just didn't rock with the whole spirituality aspect of it. Oh god. Um, <laughs> and then as we'll play this clip next, I spoke to an evangelical man that traveled from Houston, doesn't know the owners, didn't know the restaurant, didn't know anything, just saw the situation tracking on social media. And because he's evangelical and the owners are evangelical, he decided to come up here and see what was going on. And we'll play the clip for you now. What's up everybody, this is K Cartoon. I am here with Jacob from Houston. He traveled down because he heard about the controversy surrounding Chicago's famous Nini's Deli. Jacob, in your own words, what exactly brought you down here today? Well, just the passion of uh, wanting people to know about Jesus and hearing, I heard this was owned by uh, some Christians and I heard what happened and I heard a lot of different stories, but in general, seeing how it conspired, everything went down. It kind of got me worried because that's kind of where we are. We're dealing with racism, right? We're dealing with all kinds of stuff that's going on when at this time should be the most time that we should love. You see, Jesus gave us that example. He said, love your enemies. Do good to those that despitefully you and persecute you. He said, if they tell you to go a mile, go with them two miles. If they take your coat, give them your pants too. You know, so there is a sense of of that gospel going forth. And so it's really, it's, it's always sad to see the condition of everyone's heart. Even those that are from the other side, on this side or on that side, that ultimately the, the word of God, the truth, salvation in Jesus Christ, is motivated by truth. Love rejoices in the truth, not in wrongdoing. And that was the ultimate goal. But it, it's bound, it is by that truth. Very well, you know that. You're very, a podcast, right? Very, very, very interesting. Now... Delving away a little bit, just let's let's just sidestep a little bit from the spiritual and get into the political a little bit. You're from Houston, Texas. They're a little bit, I would say, at at glance, a little bit more advocates for First Amendment rights. What we saw here, some could perceive as hate or whatever, and then others could perceive as the owner expressing his First Amendment right. In your observation, 
how different do you see the climate here as opposed to Texas? Well, Texas is really showing a lot of uh, the people out in Houston, much more uh, peaceful protesting, right? Um, and not vandalizing we don't buy, that I know of that's this major. That's showing kind of the condition of people's hearts. They're a little bit more open. Discussion, dialogue, I mean, that's a big deal. And uh, um, as far as that, you know, coming out here, seeing this, I heard that they might have been given permission to do this. Maybe not. I don't know. But the point is, love motivates us to do what's right, no matter what we believe in or not. I, I find it interesting that you said that because objectively speaking, I did see you out in the crowd having a discourse with somebody and you did seem to be approaching it from a little bit more logical, calm standpoint versus, I don't know, I, I would say just objectively, like his point of view seemed a little bit erratic and everywhere. Uh, are, are you seeing a lot of that? Are, are you finding that you're able to have civil discourse? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's normal, though. People get emotional, right? Um, I think if someone was to hurt my children, my wife or something, I think uh, I might get a little emotion. But I've kind of been bred in this. I've been around the hood. I've been around the ghettos. I, I know what it is. You know, I come from a, a family, a father that committed adultery. I come from a lot of brokenness. But through that, I could have acted like I could have been rebellious no matter what. Understandable. And, and, and it kind of led me into seeing that. You know, my, my, my father was abusive every which way. So here's the example of someone that's supposed to be a father and wasn't, it led me into opening that Bible and seeing what's the truth for society. What is the true social justice? And that all comes bound up to Jesus. It really does. Interesting. Thank you for your time, Jacob. I appreciate it. Yeah. So what's your take on Nini's Deli and the craziness surrounding that place? <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was crazy. Because I, I first saw the IG. Well, I saw it first on Twitter. Yeah. It said too. Nini's Deli. So I was like, what the fuck? And then it said, because, you know, it's, it usually says Illinois or Chicago, trending in Illinois or Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I clicked it, and and then I started seeing posts. It was like, oh, Juan Me. I guess they call him Juan Me. Juani. Yeah, Juani. There we go. So, so, but some people were spelling it with an M. I don't know. Maybe it was just uh, misspelled. But... Oh, Juani, I can't believe he destroyed Nini's or whatever. So I'm trying to look. I'm trying to look. I don't really see what what the fuss is all about. And then I come across, like, the video. And it's, like, they're in front of what would be the, the restaurant because it's, like, the the pink background. And then it says Nini's Deli. So, and then and then I see the uh, the guy talking, which is the brother because the brother's a skinnier one, right? Yeah. Um. And he's talking about like, oh, you cowards and this, this and that. So I'm like, damn, what the fuck? So, so then I start hearing what he's saying. And the first clip that I heard was about, oh, y'all don't care about Black Lives Matter because I'm there, I'm helping, and, and, and you guys aren't. Uh, I, I actually work in the community. There's uh, uh, drugs with, uh, and all that shit, like what you were saying. And I'm like, okay. So now I'm, I immediately... See that first of all, he's Christian, so he's yeah. saying, "Oh, if you're gay, you're you're a sinner and all that shit." Right. I'm also seeing that he's talking about Black Lives Matter on a level in which is he's breaking down what Black Lives Matter is about. So, um, if I were gay and I was supporting Black Lives Matter, I would look at that as an opportunity to dismantle his argument, right? Which, just like he is. Uh, able to talk or whatever 
then I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I have to say, which actually they allowed the platform for people to come in and talk. But nobody would. Yeah, and then I saw the one where the chick he's talking. I don't know if you saw the one where he's talking to like the chick. Yeah, not on the mic, but she's like to the side, like yeah. on the side, which I felt okay. Well, they're having a civil discourse. No one's throwing fists, and they're disagreeing. Um, I didn't necessarily agree with points that he was making. But then I agreed with other points. I don't think that it would have deterred me from from because it wasn't Juani saying that it was it was the brother. So the brother he's there to talk or whatever. And 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 even if they they had those viewpoints, well, what does that have to do with me fucking buying a sandwich? That's me though, you know. Cause yeah, like, well, I I yeah. am one hundred percent of that same belief. Yeah. Like I compartmentalize those issues. I am not with the cancel culture. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not for it. As a matter of fact, yesterday when I was there, because today I, I went there, and that's where like I got all the the content that's on YouTube and everything like that at the Hanging with Apes YouTube channel. But yesterday I was there, and it was sort of like a preliminary like just seeing what was going on with the situation or whatever and i actually said that i was i was talking to somebody and i was like yeah i'm not really with the cancel culture and like you should have seen the crowd look like they were gonna converge on me yeah and i didn't say anything bad i didn't say like anything out against the gay community out against black lives matter all i said was i'm not really for cancel culture i'm of the belief that the market should dictate itself If he wants to say that in front of his business, he has the right to do so. And if you yeah. want to stop patronizing his restaurant, you also have the right to do so. Yeah. But you don't have the right to vandalize it and do every and deface it like mm-hmm. what we see has been done to the place. Um, oh, and actually to add to that, because I actually told some guys at work like that you had went and basically what you just mentioned, and 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 they and, and one of them brought up a very good point. Um, he was like, well, if he was like friends with, with these people and then all of a sudden on this given day, he's just saying all this shit about them. What it does make him, uh, uh, well, what he was saying is that, oh, it makes him look like a bitch, like a bitch, which I understood is like, you're kind of being two faced. And in, in, in that regard, it's like, well, were they really friends or was he being friendly as like a, like, a business, yeah. a businessman? Or, well, well, also, too, though, I think it really you start to delve into the realm of beliefs there, because if what, what I heard a lot from the crowd and like what I kind of picked up a little bit from social media is that he never really the, the, the other brother, not the one that they claim oh because that was the other thing that like upset him was like they were like oh didn't Juani used to be gay and then the the other brother was like yeah but Jesus Christ fixed him right up so that seemed to be like a point of contention (laughs) with a lot of people in the crowd but that guy that said that from what I gather a lot of people said that like he never really like rocked with gay people like he was never like really for that yeah but the thing is this I think sometimes we we don't put things into the proper context. If you're a Christian and like you're devout and 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 you know you follow a denomination or a segment of Christianity or a certain church of Christianity that is not with that shit, 
the way that these people look at it is that they they don't look at it like they hate you as an individual is yeah. they look at it more like they're trying to like eradicate that sin now whether you or you yourself feel like that's a sin or not yeah. that's on you that's your belief yeah. but they see it that way mm-hmm. so i don't think that they look at it like quite like that so that's the thing that you have to put into con- proper context yeah. is well did he not like gay people or did he just not like the sin of being gay and him speaking out about it is his attempt to i guess if you will want to use spirituality terminology cleanse them of it yeah you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. now you may not feel like you should be cleansed of it you may not feel like you're dirty or filthy or whatever and that is your you are entitled to that belief yeah but just like you're entitled to that belief he's also entitled to his yeah you just can't like as long as you ain't doing nothing physically to harm each other yes that's like it that's you just it's it's words at this point which brings me to my next point which is something that also was a point of contention with the people that i guess rocked with nini's deli which was he's like this is uh he's talking about like the i guess there was a black guy there that was with them and and, and uh, they're very close and he's mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah yeah you know this this is a uh, he's black and and, and he's uh, a, a brother to me actually he's more of a brother to me than my own sister cuz she's not christian now a lot of people did not like that but take the religion aspect out of it and take siblings right that are aged at different ages and you see that they're closer Some, sometimes even the same yeah, age yeah or even the same age but like you rock with your friends more than you do your siblings. I've, I've actually... In, in many cases, yeah. yes. And and wait, so what what does that mean then? Like, isn't that the same thing? Like, if yeah. you take Christianity out of it, isn't it the same thing? Like, I rock yeah, with this person yeah, more. Yeah, like, people won't, look, people won't look at the context of, of what this person is saying. But yeah. when you're in a similar situation, you want people to look at the context of how you're saying yeah, it. Yeah, because, like, and, and me personally, seeing what he said to me personally... It's fucking stupid. But then at the same time, I'm not a devout Christian. So I understand because now I'm, I'm, I'm replacing devout Christian with, oh, somebody I rock with. Like, let's say somebody that, uh, like, I, I go, I don't know if I'm into swimming and I always go swimming with them and we, we, we're friends and, and we do shit together. And I don't do that because with my siblings because they they're not on that. They don't, really, and they don't really talk to me about anything. So I'm closer to the person that I met that I do other shit with than than my own siblings so i put it in that context you see what i'm saying like it's it's all relative to the the way you look at at, at the world so i don't look at it like oh that motherfucker's asshole for not liking sister because she's not christian i look at it like well he really loves to be a christian so he rocks more with the black guy that's a christian because they're in that realm he feels more comfortable with them yet when you look on IG, when you look on Twitter, people really do not like that comment. Yeah, and and and, and I, I think that that's that's pretty bad if, if if because it's like their their lack of critical thinking is showing there. Yeah, and it's just interesting to me because it's like there's a whole crowd versus uh, with what I gathered today. It was just three people. That were defending Nini's today, like the there was two black girls and and uh, the the guy Jacob that where we played the interview. Yeah, and 
a whole crowd versus them. It's like at some point, don't you kind of feel like kind of weak that all of you are ganging up on three people? Like, like if if your point was so strong, you really wouldn't like even consider these three people a threat. We, but like, yeah. but like the attitude of the crowd was that was that they were to the point that the police were barricading them and separating them from the crowd. Well, yeah. And actually, the numbers that you provided me with say everything because you said that you wanted to interview different people. Yeah. You no, got, Nobody yeah. from the crowd would. Yeah. And, and, and that's where it's like, well, you're in the crowd. If anything, it's easier. You have all the hype men in the world. Yeah, but I see. I think that's... I think the mob mentality, I think that's their weakness. I also think that's the weakness of echo chambers. I think people get in this mode where they're so used to having the rah, rah, rah behind them that when they're like alone, they got nothing. They're scared. It's like a Tupac line. He's like, it was like uh, something along the lines like, Damn, I I can't think of it. Yeah. It's like he's like, but when I catch you in the street on that solo creep, like yeah, something along those lines. It's yeah. like like it was pretty much like, fuck. I, I wish I remember that, but it was it was something along the lines of like yeah, you're tough as hell. Like when you're with your people, but when I catch you alone, like that's not the same thing. And from an intellectual standpoint, it's cohesive with what we're saying. It's like well, you know, you should be able to like defend yourself or debate your point or you should be down with like being asked a few questions but these questions are directly to you versus the whole crowd see like if i had stood up and like been like hey i want to ask you guys some questions the whole (laughs) crowd would have been like yeah you know what i'm saying yeah but one-on-one motherfuckers wasn't with it so i did find that pretty interesting yeah, dude, it's 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 crazy because it it shows a lot of 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 what's going on and what I appreciated about it. and 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 obviously if you guys are listening to the episode and haven't seen the videos, please do so on our Facebook, on our YouTube, Hanging with Apes. You can look it up directly, and uh, the videos will be there. I appreciate it because it's like on one end, and, and, and it actually works the way this episode worked, which is on one end you see the the what's happening everywhere. But then us being in a city, and obviously lucky enough we're in Chicago, a very big city. Yeah. Um, we're able to catch kind of like what's going on in the streets, which, yeah. which in general, like, gives you a very good perspective on what's going on because a lot of people they're fucking twitter fucking warriors facebook social justice warriors and it's like that's whatever like do you really know what the fuck is going on though yeah you, you know out there. i don't see none of these motherfuckers in the field <laughs> yeah and, and and to me that's one thing i appreciate about watching the videos like seeing the interviews uh, seeing the people, seeing what they're on, like, and then the way you were panning, and actually, you, 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 uh, 
you, you kind of recall like the days when, when we learned how to film like with Fable Funny and all that and how that's actually helped. Yeah, very much so. And like, because I was even like yeah. looking at like, it was so funny. Just this is like l- anecdotal observation, but it was so funny while I was out there. Like it, it, so much of the sentiment out there had that feeling of like, I'm, I went to an art school like I'm a I'm a Columbia College student and my mommy bought me a, a camera but like you don't see anybody doing any panning you don't see anybody conducting any interviews and and what's so interesting is the demographic there is the type of demographic that's like all for Columbia College and the arts and theater arts and like all of those type of majors but you don't see any of that shit popping off. Oh yeah, and then and then the paradox, because obviously again, oh if, my god, yeah, if you're <laughs> listening to the show and you haven't watched the videos, we're talking about the two black chicks that were there were all lives matter, and they're debating a white guy that's Black Lives Matter. What? Yeah, <laughs> like what world are we in? Yeah, like it's what the fuck is going on? So so that alone, it's like even like I I watched it. Uh, you know, I kept watching because you were editing it or whatever, and, and then and then once you had edited and you put it on there, I'm like watching it, and it's like I even kind of like jerked a little bit. I was like, "What the?" F-? And you're like, "You you kind of look concerned." You're like, "What the fuck is that?" I'm just thinking like, "This makes no fucking sense." So wild. Like it doesn't fit the narrative. So wild. And 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 it's important because you see it. You're only able to see it if you're on the field, and you're able to see the the micro versus the macro. Yeah. See, because. In the mainstream mainstream media, it's all Black Lives Matter, Black Lives you're Matter. You're not gonna Black get Lives this Matter. shit, yeah. Yeah, you're not gonna get it broken down. How we just literally broke down what they're talking about. Like, why aren't they talking about the the, the mission statement? Why did why did Hanging with Apes have to read part of the mission statement? But fucking CNN, MSNBC, Fox, even Fox News, like they're they're talking about the fucking the, basically the, the the front of the the the, the everything like the broad, broad strokes. Yeah, yeah, it's like. You're not really delving deep. So, so, and that's one thing that I appreciate about all of this is we're able to kind of bring that in, in, in that realm. And I found the, the lyric, by the way. Oh, yeah. Which is see. the one you were saying. That's why I was kind of looking at the phone because I was trying to look it up. So, it's uh, Love to Clown when you deep, but when you want that solo, solo creep, creep. Yeah. out on the streets, you don't hear a peep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you love to clown when you deep. But when you on that solo creep, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't hear peep, <laughs> Pac. He was revolutionary, <laughs> crazy ass shit. Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening and share us with everybody because these are trying and uncertain times. But uh, we're providing a little bit of a light. I think so. uh, Thank you guys so much for the support. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.